Okay. Oh. oh no, it's starting to record. Okay, that's good. All right. So what we had been talking about was the fact that uh, the number of different untruths is vast as opposed to the amount of stuff that is actually true. Mm -hmm. okay. Yeah. This is important. We can also understand that the number of, in, of unwholesome things is vast as compared to the number of things that are wholesome, which is small. Mm -hmm. this, this is an interesting concept because that means that if you just make the distinction of keeping your thoughts wholesome, then you actually are keeping your life simple, mm -hmm. able to figure things out. This is basically what wisdom is about, is, is to be able to settle things down and stay with only a few variables so that you can get good information to make good predictions. Mm -hmm. Whether those predictions are very, very short-term predictions, like seeing what's going to happen in the next three minutes, versus long-term predictions, like even if I hear about a shooting next door, I don't have to feel bad. Okay, now here's how we're looking at this is, is that basically it's not the shooting that happened on campus that's making you feel bad. That mm -hmm. it's your thoughts about the shooting on campus that's making you feel bad. When you see that, you can say, wait a minute, I can change the way that I'm thinking and that will change the way that I feel. And you've had both sides of it. We've already talked about this many times that sometimes we feel like a nut and sometimes we don't, is the expression I make. But humans are constantly in a state of flux. Look at the fact that you have had both sides of the fence, probably sometimes within the same minute. You go back and forth and back and forth. Oh, ain't it terrible that somebody got shot at my university, but ain't I lucky that I wasn't there? Yeah, but it was really terrible. And next time I might not be uh, lucky and he's going to shoot and I'm going to be there. Yeah, but this time you weren't there. You hear that back and forth. You've got that even in your own mind. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now the point is, is that you're recognizing that in a way we're kind of a crowd inside. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yes. Which yes. side is the most wholesome? Which side is the most beneficial? The side of, well, ain't I lucky that I wasn't there? Or, oh my goodness, that's dangerous. Well, of course. Well, it happened. I could have happened. It could have happened to me. It could have happened to me. That's my university. Okay, you yeah. hear those kind of thoughts. Uh huh. Yes. In other words, I... you have been terrifying yourself. How long have you been doing that? How long have you been terrifying yourself? Just 15 minutes. Oh, I think you've been doing it for years. Right. But, well, with oh, on this. Don't. Yes, I know. I understand what you're saying. I, uh, I get it. I get it. But there's. Oh, my okay, God. Well, if you do get it, then then take take the effort that it takes to to change that thought. So when thoughts of, which can be something like images of the school, images of the shooter, even images of gun, or any kind of thoughts of, oh no, any loud noises that you have in the mind, these things can happen within a tenth of a second. And then the rush of feeling comes. 
Now, you can do this in one or two ways. One is when those thoughts occur, mm -hmm. instead of having the rush of bad feelings, you can also have mindfulness so that that point in contact, when those thoughts come up, you can say, aha, I see that. I see that those thoughts are what's making me miserable. Aha. So you can actually gladden your mind every time you think of the shooter. Every time you think of the shooting is an opportunity for you to brighten up. Wow, I wasn't there. That's great. But what you're doing is, is making the old choices that you started making when you were a girl, a, a little girl, that this is somehow dangerous. It's terrible. Mm -hmm. And yet the reality is, is that there have been literally hundreds of shootings today. And you didn't feel bad about any of those. You only feel bad about the one that's close enough for you to say my school. But, but it's OK, it's not. The, uh, or yes, there is this fear. There's the danger. And then this uh, I'm so lucky not to be there, not to have been there. Um, and then I'm staying in that. I'm so lucky not to have been there, but it doesn't feel wholesome I would say it feels almost again like you're supposed to feel bad because somebody yes. is hurt yeah, yeah you're supposed to feel bad that's not sympathy that's good old western compassion okay do you look at do you know the word compassion has the word passion built into it yeah so if if he has passion then I have to have passion with him. This is what we mean by the word compassion. Correct. With, yeah. with passion. So what you're doing is you're identifying with the shooter, or not with the shooter, but the victim. Yes, yes. And I'm okay, that, that you imagine that there's a victim that got shot and that you see yourself as that. That's identification. Yes, I'm adding what? to the hood. Mm -hmm. Exactly. This is the story that I tell when I'm talking about that somebody that you're on board a boat or a ship with and they fall overboard. And what people do is they jump overboard too. neither one of them can swim. Now you've got two people drowning. Yes, correct. And, and in your case right now, you have both the victim who got shot and you both of you are suffering. One got shot, but two are suffering. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. And instead and supposed I, to do that. Instead, what I need to do is to start laughing. Uh well, um how do I go from it depends it depends on in many, many factors. There it would certainly um not be appropriate for you to laugh at the family of the victim. However, yeah. if you had good presence of mind and they were friends of yours already, you could can go and control and cheer them up. You could basically even have this kind of conversation with them to recognize they don't have to keep seeing their son, for instance, get shot in their own mind over and over again and then feel bad. But if you're going to remember the son, remember the very best things about him. Rather than remembering that he's shot. Mm -hmm. And he's dead. Mm 
Okay. So even for the victim who knew the guy, the family of the guy, you can still cheer them up. But here you instead of cheering yourself up, what you're doing is, is that you're wallowing in pity mm-hmm. and and you're uh, selling that pity to the family. Thinking that you're supposed to be uh, feeling bad for their sake. Yeah, because it's the right thing to do. Yeah, and yeah. OK, well, misery is very much like fire. Yeah. Okay. It's not like money at all. If I give you five dollars, then you've got five dollars, and I don't. But if you're on fire, and you set somebody else on fire, now you're both burning. Mhm. Okay. And in this case, you've set yourself on fire simply because you're in the habit of doing it, and you took the opportunity of uh, a story in order to set yourself on fire. The fact is is that even the family, more than likely, you don't even know the family. They're not part of your world. Yeah, correct. Okay, but there is, uh, uh, as far as culture goes, that that guilt that you're feeling is very, very much a part of uh, European and especially Eastern European culture. Okay. But in fact, uh, if you had a, uh, a, a lower, uh, let us say, Medi- Mediterranean culture that you had been born in, then when you would have heard of someone got shot on campus, you'd be looking for your knives and your pitchforks and say, we're going to go get that guy. But see, that's mm-hmm. not how you thought. You thought of it in the sense of guilt. Mm-hmm. And it shows up now you're even pointing to the guilt. I, how dare I feel good mm-hmm. knowing that someone else feels bad? Yes, exactly. Okay. Well, it's certainly not your business to pick up arms and, and uh, honor the dead by uh, murdering the uh, killer, which is yes. done in a culture you don't have that business that's not your business you are not a vigilante you are not the cop you cannot go and make things right by taking revenge it's not your business right can you, see, can you also see then that feeling bad and miserable on behalf of the family and the victim is also not your business yeah it's easier for me to not like revenge, think about revenge. There was nothing about revenge, but there was this. No, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about you. You can see that. That's yeah. part that we can agree on. We've got that wire. It's not your business to take revenge. No, yeah, that's not. Okay. Well, that... it's not your business then also to go around feeling bad over things that are not your business. What happened at school is not your business. And the victims of the and the family of the victim and their bad feelings is not your business. Just like taking revenge upon the killer is not your business. This is a a hard lesson for us to learn because we have been told through our society that everything is our business, that Putin is your business and and, uh, burden is your business and and the politics are your business and you've got to go do something and get involved and go around feeling like everybody else feels about all of this business. But what we're learning here is is to understand that your world is much smaller than that. 
that your world can be simplified, that we don't have to worry about a conceptualized world. And in fact, that shooting that happened on campus, you weren't there. And all you know of it is what you've been able to dream up or conceptualize. So basically, you're like a little girl who is waking up in the night with nightmares. Mm -hmm. You generated all of this on your own. And you're in the habit of generating this on your own. Congratulations for beginning to wake up to this and to recognize that what happened at school is not your business, either for you to go and console the victims, to go take revenge on the killer, or for you to cower in the corner like you're the victim. All three of these things are not your business. So how, what can I do right now to? You can say, hey, that stuff's not my business right now. Out you go, let me think of something ha happy to think of. You don't have to think about this thing. You can take the right effort to put this stuff out of your mind because it doesn't belong to you. In a way, you are vicariously living out this tragedy. In other words, you're stealing somebody else's uh, uh, episode mm -hmm. in order for you to enjoy vicariously your own bad feelings. It feels okay to say to myself. There's no like, um, it feels calm to say to myself and then I go back and then I have to say it again. Okay, that's that's what the practice of Anapanasati is. Aha, Myra, I see you again. Aha, I see you. Because those thoughts of pity or perhaps revenge or perhaps uh, uh, the frightened child who's afraid of getting shot all three of those things are unwholesome thoughts because you're, you're thinking about an episode that is actually not your business. Mm -hmm. That what is your business is to get your own mind straightened out, which means to throw this unwholesome episode out of your mind and take a deep breath and recognize you're okay right now. You're all right. Yeah. You're not in danger. No, it wasn't. Not, not the victim, not the shooter, not the family. None of those people, nor the episode is anywhere near you right now. Your world does not have that stuff in it other than the fact that you're thinking about it is conceptualization not real and yet you found a way to make yourself feel bad by thinking about it mm -hmm. isn't it marvelous that you can actually think the kind of things thoughts that you want to have would you remember that you can control your mind and think the thoughts that you want to have yeah, but uh, it's so unnatural. Well, it's so unhabit-like. 
Yes. You don't know what natural is because I just heard you call a habit natural. Yes, exactly. Okay. A particular habit is not natural, but habits in general are quite normal. People do that. Mm -hmm. In other words, and, and in fact, that's the easiest way to live. We spend a whole lot less energy if once we learn something, then we hand it to that part of the mind that does things by rote. That we do that a lot. We read, in fact, we learned the ABCs when we were little kids, and when we learned them, we had to think really hard and remember and put that stuff together and look at the P and look at the Q and all that kind of stuff. But now that we've done it so many times, it's gotten ingrained. Mm -hmm. Right? So to the point that we don't even hardly, when we're, when we're reading word, we don't even look at the individual letters. We take the whole word. And many times we don't even take the, the word itself. We're looking at the whole sentence. That we're very uh, almost not even paying attention to the letters themselves because we've got that deeply ingrained into the part of the mind. Okay. Guess what? Fear is ingrained in that same part of the mind. So that we just by habit will think of something and then feel bad or by habit we feel fear. We think of danger and then we feel afraid. But that but being in a state of fear is not normal because a lot of people are not in a state of fear and you're not in a state of fear all the time. So that doesn't make the state of fear normal. But it but it does happen frequently. So I'm, I'm uh, suspicious of using the word normal because when you use that word that way, it's almost like things are fixed that way. They're stuck that way. That's how they're supposed to be anyway. Yeah. And I don't have any choice about getting out of this. Yeah, it's hard to break the mold. <laughs> it's and, if, and if I exercise my choices to get out of this, Something terrible is bound to happen. Yeah, because because the system that you were holding on to all of a sudden disappears, and then here you are in a free fall. And there is what though the free fall is still just a concept. What really is going on is confusion. Confusion, yes. And then my mind goes everywhere. If I can do this, what else can I do? And then it goes, <laughs> it just goes. Okay, I know, I know. And it normally, it goes any and everywhere because it's already in the habit of going any and everywhere. And going in any and everywhere, back and forth and up and down and criss and crossing is actually making things much more complicated. You're You're asking possibly, 10,000 what ifs. And yeah. all of them are unwholesome when in fact you could, if you would take the sati to remember, hey, I do not have to have these kind of thoughts. And I can look at that kind of. Camarado, no. 
Oh, you're back. Yes, I'm back. I took so, a breath. What I was oh. just saying is, is that when the mind is jumping around and going all over the place, you're making a whole lot of complexity. And when there's things are complex, it's difficult to understand how things are headed. Yes. Because it looks like it's all over the place. So when you remember that the kind of thoughts that you're having are all over the place, then you can say, wait a minute, I can think thoughts that are wholesome instead. I do not have to think about um, the guns. I do not have to think about the dangers. That I can, in fact, think about those other things, which you said that you could, that aren't you glad that you weren't there? Aren't you glad that at home you're safe? Everything's okay right now. These are wholesome thoughts. And if you're having those thoughts, everything is okay right now. I'm glad I wasn't to school today. Isn't that marvelous? Then there's no reason to have any fear. But if you have, oh no, what if I had been? You hear that? Yeah. What ifs? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, what, those what ifs are going to make your life miserable. Yeah. Because you can say, well, what if Putin comes to your door today? What if a great big brown bear is under your bed? What if there's a sky daddy that's going to tear your roof off just to see you better? I mean, how long, how far can these what ifs go? How far can they go? There's no limit to the what ifs. And you can terrify yourself with every one of them, and none of them are happening. Right. The reality is, is everything's okay. Uh, okay, all right. So, so I come back to reality, and everything is okay. And then I go back. I come to project into the future. Well, you don't have to do that when you start projecting into the future. You can say, wait a minute, I don't have to go off into the future. That may be a dangerous place for me, like it's always been. Maybe I should stay here where it's safe. And recognize I don't have to go off in the future, and I don't have to go off to the school shooting, and I don't have to go off into a dangerous past. I can just sit here and enjoy this present moment, which actually is quite nice. I hear you, but how do I buy a plane ticket if I, if the price? Well, no, wait a minute. You're you're looking for far in advance. You haven't even gotten the first step yet. Okay. Here's here's <laughs> the point: the is is that you need to get yourself into a state of safety, security comfort, relaxation, and with that safety and security and comfort and relaxation comes uh, satisfaction and with that success. And you get yourself to start feeling good. See, you spent so little time feeling good and so, so much time feeling afraid mm -hmm. that you're afraid that if you don't feel afraid, something really dangerous will happen. Yes. But nothing ever does happen that's really dangerous. You're living in a what-if world, a conjectured world, a, a conceptualized world of dangers, where in fact the reality in this moment is not dangerous. There's no alligators. There's no crocodiles. There's no shooters in your room right now. Can you just at least right now say, at least right now I can relax. It's not dangerous. I, I can do it. And uh, there are moments when I actually am present and it feels good to be here. 
but more congratulations of, congratulate it, yourself isn't that marvelous that you can do that absolutely isn't that much better than having thoughts about oh no it's so dangerous there's a shooter on my campus yeah mm -hmm. when you have those thoughts you become terrified that's natural Mm -hmm. It's natural for us to be afraid of dangerous things. The point is, is that the dangerous things are in your mind, not in reality. If you're looking in reality, things are safe. But inside the mind, there's no end to the amount of dangers that you can imagine. Yeah, there's no end to the number of dangers that you can imagine. So why imagine dangers? Why don't you ima stop imagining and start living in the reality? Because the reality is really safe. It's safe right now. All you have to do is stop thinking about danger, and you're safe. Yes, it's very true. It is. It's profoundly true. And that's enough of the truth. You don't have to say yes, but, because that's enough. Over time, what happens is, is that you begin to feel not just good, but guilty because you feel good. But you can drop that guilt, too, and say, no, it's okay for me to feel good without feeling guilty about feeling good. Mm -hmm. Absolutely feel okay that there is nothing dangerous. There's nothing there watching and keeping track of, oh, you felt good. I'm going to get you for that. Mm -hmm. Because that the thing that does that is inside your own mind anyway. You, you, that's another what if that you're concocting. And so uh, wisdom then or development of the skill of right view means that you can see these things as unwholesome. Not giving yourself permission to feel good is an unwholesome thing to do. Giving yourself permission to feel good, that's wholesome. Yes. To feel strong is, sure. is wholesome. To feel weak is unwholesome. Mm -hmm. um, maybe you can help me with this. Um, there, there was another exactly at the same moment when the shooting was happening. I was I, I was not aware about it yet. So um, I took my ten-year-old nephew to his school, uh, uh -huh. to his middle, to his elementary school, uh, because he needed to go find out what the he missed the school. We need to find out what the homework was for today. And apparently to enter the school, you need to pass the security point. And it's a new system here, too. Um, now, I already passed the point. I walked into the school, passed the point, and then I got turned around by the security lady who was not first present, but then showed up from somewhere. <laughs> and I explained that we, we were headed to a teacher. And she she told me you can't do this. You need like a passport to go in. 
and uh, turned us around and walk out, walked out, both of us out of school. Now, at that moment, I felt like I I said I'm sorry. I didn't mean to to interrupt the flow of things. I know she was acting as a like on the duty. That's what requires of her. Wait a minute. Before while you're telling the story, I'm confused. You're saying that your nephew was going to class and you were escorting him to class. Correct. And that a guard says you cannot come into the class. Yes. You cannot go. Why did you? Never mind. They're just having fun. Okay, Lucky, enough. Enough, 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 enough. Okay, so the the question has to do with that you said that she made both you and your nephew leave the school. Yeah, because it was after after hours already. After what his uh, the teacher was not already in school. The teacher has left, so we were there for no reason. Oh, so he wasn't there for school. He was Correct. there for yes. something else. Okay, and she said this is the wrong time for that. Yes. Okay. All right. So at that moment, I felt like. I violated something and I felt very guilty <laughs> that there was. But that step. very guilty feeling is an old feeling, right? Yeah. And what do I do with that? All, all that happened was is that you, you got some new information and you acted on the new information. The guard told you this is not a good time to come and so you left. But on top of that, which was all okay and everything is, is, is no problem at all, just this was not the right time, you made a mistake, but you chose to feel bad, you chose to yeah. feel guilty about it. Correct. Because that's a habit, you felt bad and felt guilty before. Yeah, I felt like I, I'm a fool to do it. I'm judge, I was judging myself, I am still. Yes, that's exactly right. That that's the thought that you have before the guilt is that the guard says X, Y, and Z, but you inside your mind say X, Y, Z, W, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, and you just keep hammering on it yeah. and feel bad about it. Where all the guard said was X, Y, Z, this is not the right time you got to go. And so yeah. instead of just going, you decided to make a big guilt trip out of it. Yes, because that's your habit. You've done that guilt trip before, almost as if every time you find you make a mistake, you feel miserable with guilt. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. How long are you going to do that? Are you going to wake up to the fact that you feel guilty for no one, um, no particularly good reason? You're just in the habit of going around feeling guilty. You go feel guilty about anything. You even feel guilty about feeling good about the fact that you didn't get shot because you're thinking about the family of the victim and you can't feel good because they feel bad. And so you've got to feel guilty too. You hear all of that? I mean, you're really excellent at going around feeling bad. <laughs> I just want to shake myself up and stop, stop this. Like, I understand. Well, here's this. how you do that. Here's how you do that. You begin to get on guard for those kind of thoughts. And when they come up, you can say, aha, I caught you. I got you that time. 
You're not going to make me feel guilty right now. Just because I got kicked out of a school does not mean that I have to feel bad. Oh, I can go tripping down the road. I can go boogie down the path. I don't need that guard. I don't need to be in school. This is the wrong time anyway. Ha ha, I'm okay. <laughs> but you won't let yourself have those kind of thoughts. You have no. the kind of thoughts that you did when you were a little girl. Yeah, like who does this? What kind of a good adult is not falling through? I would say most of the women in the world are taught that kind of guilt trip it comes with being female yeah my nephew let's say it comes with the territory it doesn't necessarily come with the genes or the genetics but it certainly does come with the society so why is that where is it coming from because then women are really easy to control you make them feel guilty about everything oh. This is ridiculous <laughs> well, that I had that I was carrying it in me just because I'm a girl. Well, because <laughs> because the way girls were treated when you were a little girl. Yeah, not because you're a little girl, but because of the way you were treated as a little girl. And the big girls and the big boys treated you like that because that's part of the culture. They don't know anything else. You can't blame it on the people who made you feel guilty because they felt guilty too. That's just a huge insight right now, Damarado. This is like, that was never apparent to me. Congratulations. That's what my job is, is to open the door. Now you're looking. <laughs> wow. Yes, I am definitely looking. Oh. And so your basic foundation has been guilt. Yeah. Most mm -hmm. of the time. And so that means that you've got a lot to look for. And so you can begin to congratulate yourself very often. <laughs> I feel guilty and I don't have to. And you and you and you see yourself feeling guilty and reckon, hey, I don't have to feel guilty right now. Isn't that marvelous? And con congratulations for not feeling guilty. You had a perfect opportunity to feel guilty and you stepped aside. <sighs> Isn't that nice? Again, it's so freeing. Just every time I talk to you and you give me all these insights, you well, you're opening all these doors. And there's just baggage falling off. Another way of looking at it, though, is kind of like in layers. Yeah. OK, imagine that a, um, a, a bed was made and it had, say, a pea or a knife or an object in the bed under the sheet. Mm -hmm. But then on top of the sheet is one blanket and then on top of that's a quilt. And then on top of that is fame as uh, as grandma's famous uh, thing that she did by herself. And you've got layer after layer of stuff on the bed. Finding out what was deep inside under the sheet mm -hmm. next to the mattress is hard to do until we peel one sheet, one layer, one blanket, one quilt off after another to get down to the sheet and then we can pull it off and now we can see what that thing really was. But every time that we pull a sheet 
or a layer off, we get a better idea of what it was. And so this is basically what we're doing is, is that we're peeling off these layers of habit yeah. that you've got built up in the mind. And, and today we're working on the level of guilt and fear that you're making up in your mind. And this is an old habit that you've been in of making uh, of thinking of things and then feeling guilty about it or thinking of things and then feeling afraid. So are we talking about the root of the problem now more than, you know, the great, the, the blade of grass? Is no, what we're talking about is taking one layer off at a time and you're still in that. Don't see, well, I want out to the bottom of it. No, I know, I be very it. happy that you pulled <laughs> another layer off. Seriously. You'll eventually get down to it eventually. And that's the, the attitude is, hey, we're, we're doing fine here. We don't have to get to the bottom of it right now. We just be very happy that we pulled another layer off. Yeah. And 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 believe me, this is an important layer for you to start looking at It's just because they're mixed together, the guilt and the fear are almost the same thing. They're a little bit different, but they're very close together. Because I, I basically what you can say is guilt is a way of punishing ourselves so that we don't have to have a deeper, harsher punishment. And that's mm -hmm. why you have the idea if I don't feel guilty, then things are going to get really bad. Okay. Um, there's an example of that that's in our society. When someone makes a mistake, it's normally appropriate for them to give an apology. But in our society, that apology is done, I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay. But in the Thai language, they're even stranger with it because they have the word uh, to apologize is katut. And katut actually, uh, in the old deep Thai, tut is your butt, and ko means to beat it. To please beat my butt is the way that they say apologies in Thailand, which in the West we say, I'm sorry. Now, what this means is, is that we expect that person to punish us. Mm -hmm. And so we want to tell him, I've already punished myself so that you don't have to. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Mom, Mom, I'm so sorry. Don't beat me. Yeah. Yeah. Don't spank me because I'm really sorry. So you learned to do that when you were a kid. You learned to feel guilty and to feel sorry for things in order to avoid punishment. Mm -hmm. Oh, I see. Wow. I'm, I'm thinking about Russian. So it's. Yes, there is is vinity that means out of out of uh, sorrow, I think. Or like my me culpa, my I'm guilty of I'm not guilty, I'm I'm the reason it happened. Like uh mea culpa it's the Latin for my fault, my fault. Mm -hmm. So out of full, but there is no like beating in like in Russian that's inside of it. But, but the attitude is there. Oh, mom, I'm so sorry. Please don't um, punish me. Yeah, it's built I, into us as little as little kids. We all have that. 
that we get caught doing something wrong and we're trying to get out of it because we're afraid of the punishment. This is why fear and guilt are mixed together because if I be, if I have guilt, then that can help me avoid the the uh, oh. the pain, the suffering, the uh, um, the the things that I'm afraid of. I complete. I just got this huge uh, a scene out of my childhood where I I broke my mom's vase and. And I knew I would be punished, so I just started basically kind of just uh, uh, borrowing myself into the sheets to kind of like just to get, get away. And I knew I was crying and I knew it wouldn't happen to me. So I was already in my in my wallowing in my sorrow, deeply in my sorrow. And my mom did not have any intention to punish me. She just came to console me because I was hysterical. Okay, so these kind of memories, though, will stick, and sometimes they don't stick as well as they could. You see, in, um, in your hysteria, what you're left with is the habit of having a bit of hysteria. You could even go so far as to say that when you heard somebody get shot, that invites you into that hysteria. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But there's another side of it that we can look at here, which is actually quite interesting. You said that when your mom saw you in that state that she came to console you, she came to nourish you. Mm -hmm. Okay. Why can't you now do that for yourself to come and console yourself and nourish yourself? I know that's a good question. <laughs> Like, I don't deserve it, just like you said. You don't deserve it, exactly. That's back to that point, is, is that you don't, guess what? That is also a delusion that you've made. Yeah. You're, uh, and that, in fact, I can tell you for sure right now, I know you enough to know that you deserve to be happy. You deserve <laughs> it. You have my permission. I give my permission to many of my students because they won't give it to themselves. Hey, it's okay. I, I always get permissions from you. <laughs> Every time I call you, there's a new permission. <laughs> yeah, to get permission to feel good. Yeah, you don't have to be afraid. But you can also give yourself that permission. But that, in fact, getting it from me is, is what will be available for you then to give it to yourself. That you can nurture yourself the way that your mom nurtured you. That you can give yourself permission to do that. Mm -hmm. That you do have the protection. The protection is that you can do this. Okay. And you need also the protection because the guilt says, oh, if I feel guilty, then that guilt will protect me from that which I'm danger, which is the danger. Mm -hmm. And we're giving you permission to have that protection from the danger without the guilt that you can feel good and still be protected from the danger why is that because you're the one who invented the danger also you're inventing that danger and so you have absolute full permission and protection from that danger mm -hmm. by just changing your mind out of the unwholesome into the wholesome very simple process. Take the right effort, 
to change your mind. Aha, I see you, Mara. Aha, I see you. So any image that you have, let's say the images of a gun, the images of a, uh, a man standing with a gun, the images of someone falling down, the images of the university where it happened, all that kind of stuff. Anytime an image like that comes, recognize it as that image and say, aha, I see you. And I do not have to feel bad because that image flashed in my mind. Okay, another question. So I see a video from from that school. Okay, uh, why are you going and looking at those videos from the school? So that's the point. So do I not even look at them? Like I just... Uh, it's just, really not your business. The only reason you'd be going to look at those videos is to feel bad. The only reason okay. somebody put that video up there is to make people feel bad. This is the internet. Mm, that's yeah. how we control people is by controlling through their feelings. Yeah. And you don't have to be controlled. You can just ignore all of that stuff. You don't have to bring it into your world. Okay. Especially when you know how bad you're going to be if you look at that video. So don't do it. Well, I keep <laughs> I keep looking up cat videos mostly. <laughs> if I am cat feeling... videos are more or less wholesome. <laughs> <laughs> yes, if I'm feeling down, I usually go into comedy or cats or like something like pleasant. Sure. Mm-hmm. And yes, it does help. Another one which I recommend often is happy music, old yeah. happy music. Yeah. Zippity doo dah. My, yeah. what a wonderful day. Satchmo, that kind of music. That's mm -hmm. good. Cat, I hadn't thought about, but yeah, cats are that way. In fact, Vila Maramsi, Bhikkhu, or Bhante Vila Maramsi, who teaches metta meditation, uh, he has a technique of people while they're meditating of thinking of warm, fuzzy animals, cute, cuddly bears, uh, you know, teddy bears, um, puppies he likes puppies a lot okay? yeah for kittens that same thing okay yeah. yeah because it does bring out our mothering instinct it does bring out our nurturing quality so yes having oh. those kind of images and thoughts for um cat videos of cats playing with a light or a string or whatever are just marvelous watching them jump up and down when they see a, a plastic um uh, spider or something is quite cute uh, yeah, yeah. It immediately brightens up <laughs> my my day. Yeah. Yes, brighten your day. Intentionally brighten your day. Uh -huh. You'd be surprised at how um, excellent teachers cats are. I've got a really good couple of um, uh, university professors. One's Lucky and the other one's Kung Pui. <laughs> Lucky just came up. Oh. Lucky is a university professor. She's about four years old. Oh, oh yeah. She, she, has so much she was energy. actually just singing a song to you about 10 minutes ago, if you remember. She was, and she was good. <laughs> so, yes, this is the whole idea, then, is, is that you do have control over the kinds of things you're going to let into your mind. You have a choice over the kinds of things you're going to look at. If you're going to be on YouTube, then it's much better to find something wholesome on YouTube to look at than something unwholesome. Mm -hmm. News is not necessarily a wholesome thing to look at. No, 
yeah, but that... cartoons and and uh, and jokes and um, sometimes um, university um, uh, uh, topics. I'm I'm kind of a fan of physics and mathematics and that kind of stuff as well as um, intellectual music and things like that. Yeah. Because uh, uh, I find great joy in those things. Mm-hmm. So go go find some joy and stay away from the part of the internet that's going to be playing movies of uh, uh, assassinations and murders and you don't need that. No. <clears throat> wow. Yeah, let's ha- let's pay attention to wholesome things. Mm-hmm. So you can do that with the internet, just like when you're just sitting and not looking at the internet, you're still having thoughts in your mind. So make sure that the kind of thoughts that you're having in your mind are wholesome thoughts. This is um, a very basic thing of the Buddha. I can't think how easier this is. And yeah, you, you know, you're making yourself miserable by, by remembering a gunshot that happened in at school. Then don't remember that gunshot. You'll be okay. <laughs> then don't do that. <laughs> you don't yeah, do yeah. that, right? Don't do that. <laughs> I know, I hear you. So simple. And yet, yes, it take it takes practice to to do it. And um and I do feel I'm very lucky to have met you. I would not be here without you for sure. Sorry, my mom keeps calling because I guess she heard the news too, or I don't know what she's doing. Yeah. That's what a what a relaxing deep breath. Glad I don't have to think about that anymore. No, I don't. Wow, you're in such a different shape right now than you were when you first called. I can I can feel different. Yes, I can do that. I can do that. Yeah, you can do this. That's right. That's the attitude. You can clean that stuff out of your mind. You do not have to feel guilty. You do not have to be, feel afraid. Yeah, but you reinforcing it for me is my, it makes things easier. And it makes me actually act upon it, not be afraid of it. it well, this is why this kind of teaching that um, that we're doing here is so valuable is because you could read all of these things that I've said out of a book and it wouldn't have impacted you at all. No, no, absolutely not. But and I knew is, this. I already knew this. This is already a known information. I needed it too. I'm passing on to you a gift that was given to me. I get great joy in being able to pay Achan Po back by giving this to you. Because I can't help him. He don't need no help. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. And so we pass it forward. There, there's actually a movie by the name of Pay It Forward. We do that with our children, in fact, that... that when a baby is born and is raised by his parents, that child can never pay their parents back again, but they can pass it on to the next generation. They can pay it forward by raising their children better. Mm, yeah. Okay, and so this is what I'm doing. That I've gotten the Dhamma from Machan Po and Bhikkhu Buddha Dasa, and I'm passing it on to you. And when you get that spark of Dhamma, when you get uh, all of that joy, you can't help but help other people. 
I already am helping some of my friends and it's uh, yeah. it's you can tell the difference in how I approach them when I'm afraid of saying something and then when I'm positive and then when I'm sharing how their level of happiness of joy actually heightens. See, there you go. So you're paying it forward. It's already That's what I like. You don't have to be grateful and pay back to me. You can be no. grateful and pay it forward and, and uh, be joyful and happy with other people. And if you find a friend who is all distraught and unhappy and sad and, and uh, fearful and, and uh, uh, feeling guilty about the episode at school, then you can help them just like I've helped you today. Yeah. You can yeah. say, hey, man, you don't have to think about that. You can think of something healthy instead. But you know what also, also funny is that um, when I'm talking about all this new information in this new way, uh, to some of people that I, some of my friends that I know are already benefiting from it. And then they refer them to just go ahead and call Demarado. Just uh, listen to yourself, talk. And they're afraid. They're afraid to do it. They don't want to take that step. Slow. That's yeah. okay. Everybody's slow to get going. Even a car that is that you get into and drive away it has to start by being stopped and mm -hmm. then is it then it begins to get speed it starts slowly and then the momentum builds mm -hmm. so you you can expect people to be slow it's hard for people to move out of the old into mm -hmm. the new and they need kind of a push just like you got a little bit of a shove a little push from robert yeah, 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 yeah. But he shared this with me, and I pretty much immediately reacted to, like, I mean, not react, I immediately called you, basically, like, the next week, probably, if some, like, it was a very short period. Okay. And he didn't some persuade. Some people need to be reminded three, four times. Sometimes people will contact me and, and I'll contact back and then I never hear from them again. And sometimes I'll send them an email and then after I send a couple of emails, then they'll finally call. People are like that. They're slow, especially yeah. when they're afraid. If you're already afraid and you wind up being afraid of even getting out of your fear. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's just fearful to leave your misery <laughs> and try something new. <laughs> All right, then try something new. Try something wholesome for a change. Yeah. Well, Anna, I think that we've gotten what we needed out of this conversation. You're looking really good right now. So we'll oh, finish absolutely. this one and we'll talk later. But Thank yeah, you you know what to do now. Yes, I do. I do. I just have to remind myself <laughs> to do yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Call me and I'll remind you, and then you can remind yourself even easier. Yes, it's true. Okay. Thank you, we'll Tamara. We'll see you. Thank you. Okay. I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Have a day. See you. You're right. I'm so happy we talked. It's <laughs> me great. Too. I like this. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Bye bye. Bye.